Okay, so boom, so here's the thing. Let's review this episode of My Hero Academia. Uh, this was season four, episode two, I believe. This is My Hero um, Academia Overhaul was the episode title. This um, was an episode with Overhaul, the new villain, coming on the scene. Um, and just as a recap for the last episode, we were looking at um, the little weird photo guy, like his cameras all throughout his body, which that's like the weirdest quirk ever. Like, why is that even a thing? But whatever. And, you know, them and the little reporters were all like, oh my God, let's find out who all my successor is. And let's like be weird and like infiltrate the school. Like, this isn't weird at all, but hey, whatever. It, you could tell like, they didn't know what to do with that episode, but they just needed something cute to like start it off. It was very kawaii, um, very interesting that that was the episode they wanted to start with. I mean, whatever. So anyway, moving on. So in this new episode overhaul, uh, Grand Teruno got a call from Deku and Deku was like, hey, so like, hook me up with, you know, some peeps so I can, you know, learn some new powers and, you know, get stronger. And Grand Teruno was like, call All Might, and then hung up. <laughs> so then we switched to the next frame, which was um, Overhaul, which was like this bird beat dude, but like with weird quirks. Well, not weird. His was actually very impressive. Like I was like, whoa, hold on, dude. Like, what is this? So he could, it was kind of like a mix between, I don't know, the dude touched him and all of a sudden he disintegrated. So I was like, or not disintegrated, but like more exploded. So I was like, is it like Shigaraki's decay quirk? Or is it like poison, but like accelerated type poison? Either way, it was very interesting. And I was just like, hmm, this is going to be, this is going to be very, very, um, this is going to be very hot. Like we're going to. We're gonna get into the, the mean the nitty gritty with this like so he's he's gonna be a top contender uh trying to take shigaraki's spot as the leader of the new villains going forward uh you know they discussed off the one being gone and what that would be looking like for the, all the villains going around so they're just scrambling around looking for leadership and shigaraki is trying to take that spot being uh all for one's underling kind of like how all might has Midoriya as his successor. Um, and Overhaul is a former Yakuza boss guy, kind of, or he was a, in the Yakuza family. Now, if you guys don't know from like other anime or just knowledge of Japanese culture or whatever, uh, the Yakuza is like what would be our mafia here in the United States, but it would be the Yakuza in Japan, which would be the equivalent to mafia, like I said. Um, so that's what that would be. And he came from that family, but with the rise of the Hero Association and the Hero Society, that diminished and pretty much died off. Uh, so after that, we cut to class 1A, and we cut to um, Aizawa basically telling them, so yeah, you guys aren't allowed to, you're not really allowed to do anything really this year. You, you you guys messed up too goddamn bad last time. So now now you're now you're benched. You're benched for the season. It's pretty much what happened. Uh, but basically now that they're kind of letting them do something because then it would be interesting. So they're like, okay, the first years only are allowed to go to internships. Um, they're allowed to go to reliable internships. So like rated, you know, five stars type thing going on with them. 
Um, and so Midoriya wanted to be involved with Sir Night Eye. Um, I don't know how I kind of feel about this because it would have been interesting to see Midoriya go into a completely different direction with someone who has nothing to do with All Might because then he would have gained a different perspective, I see. But I'm going to hold my reservations because Night Eye, Sir Night Eye is not the same person as All Might. Even though he was um, a protege of All Might, it's not the same person. So he will be able to learn something, you know, bigger and better from um from Sir Night Eye. Uh, so with that, he would be trying to, you know, meet Sir Night Eye and he went to All Might about it because, you know, when he called Gran Torino, Gran Torino was like, yeah, no, call All Might. And so he went to All Might and then All Might was like, so I have three points. These points are, I basically opposed the first years having work study in the meeting. Um, and aside from that, Deku, you kind of having like weak sauce going on. And you might want to power up that uh, shoot style you got going there because it's pretty damn terrible. And you need to get that together, okay? Because, like, All Might's gone now, so you, you got to step up. Uh, aside from that, he and, him and Sir Knight have this weird relationship going on. They didn't really get into it too much in this episode. But I'm guessing in the next episode they will. So, um, you know, that was just very weird to me that... Him and Sarah and I don't have a relationship, but whatever. We'll figure out what's going on with that. Um, in the next scene, they switch to Togata, the dude with, like, the blonde hair, who can, like, kind of phase through stuff, kind of like Kitty Pride from X-Men. But hey, whatever. So that's what he can do. Um, and so All Might called Togata and Deku into a meeting, and All Might was like, hey, so... Yeah, me and Sarnai aren't friends, kind of. We're in, like, a weird place. Yeah, we, we had a fight. So, Togata, since you're working under an eye, can you, like, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, ease Deku into, you know, Sarnai's realm so that Sarnai would be able to, you know, mentor Deku and Deku would get the little mentorship that he needs to grow as a hero. Yay. Yay. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Uh, so then we get to the part where Togata and uh, Deku are going to the association, well not the association, but to the building where Sarnai is at. And they cut to that scene and it's weird because they like mention for some reason that the um, building is an hour from the school. Now I don't know if that's significant enough or if that's a significant point, but I just thought it was weird they mentioned it. Now, that might be significant in the future versus if, like, a villain attacks or something like that. That might play a role in some way, shape, or form. So, when they get up there, Togata is basically like, hey, so, I'm already in with Night Eye. Now, it's, it's, that's on you. So, I'm just going to introduce you on the middleman, but, like, that's you, Deku. Like, you got to introduce yourself and make an impression, okay? And so, now it's on Deku to make an impression. And in this next part, um, right before that, actually, because they like had a weird scene, um, Night Eye is sitting at his desk and his sidekick, one of them, I guess he has several, I'm not too sure, but maybe, who knows. So his sidekick, like Bubble Girl, or whatever her name is, she was reading some report about some, some hero thing going on. 
But she was reading it real blase blow. Like she was reading it like, and yeah, so part one, and this is what happens, and blah, 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 and da 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 So that's how she was reading that. And it was very dry and dead. And I was like, come on, girl, like, I'm falling asleep here. But anyways, he read, she read all of that. And he was like, mm, I didn't laugh at all. So that wasn't entertaining to me. And that report just went in one ear and out the other. So then the weirdest thing happened. I really shouldn't have been surprised by it because it's an anime. But of course, I, I, I just, mm, I, I really wasn't expecting it, to be honest, you guys. And yeah, Night Eye has a tickle fetish. I mean, I know you guys, if you guys saw the episode, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. So he strapped his sidekick to a table, okay? Like to some weird chiropractic type table. And he strapped her to it. And tickled her with a tickle machine. What the heck? What the hell? Whatever. So we've learned that Nana has a tickle fetish. And then in that moment, Togata and Deku were walking up the stairs. And they walk into the room right upon that moment when she's being tickled by Sir Nanai for whatever strange, morbid, weird reason. And then Midoriya or Deku, or whatever the hell his name is. You know what his name is, guys. So Midoriya, he was like, all right. He was told by Togata that he used to make, you know, Deku laugh. Or, <laughs> he was told by Togata that he used to make Night Eye laugh. And that would be, a, you know, a key defining moment in him being able to stay on um, as a sidekick going forward. So, I kid you guys not, I did die for a good five minutes when I saw this. So you know how Midori like idolizes all night. So his whole joke thing to impersonate or to make not I laugh was to impersonate all might and impersonate like all might's voice and impersonate like his whole stance and everything. So he like made the face and everything. And he was like I'm all might. I'm the justice of peace or I'm the symbol of peace or whatever. But like the way he did it, I can't, I can't impersonate it the way it, because I watched the episode a few days ago. I, I, I don't remember right now, guys. But it was so hilarious and it was like really spot on and like, I don't know how Night I didn't get it, but like Night I got like offended in a way. He's like, are you trying to ridicule I might? And then Deku's like face like drops and then like the scene ends and then the whole episode ends and then they're like just cut off and that was it and it was like okay so what are we supposed to see from there what's supposed to be next i think this season is going to be very uh not super i mean yeah there's gonna be serious elements but it's not gonna be as serious as the last season was i guess not initially anyway um i think this season we're gonna see deku transform more um, so before he wanted to be just like All Might. And in that episode, he um, Togata asked him what type of hero he wanted to be. And he said he wanted to be a hero that no one would have to worry about and still be um, saving people with a smile and be a symbol of peace. So he's like growing as a hero. And I think that's really important. And I think him going to Night Eye is going to give him another realm of 
uh, hero power or hero worship in some sense, or he's going to, either way, it's going to give him hero development, not just character development, but hero development. He's going to de- learn exactly what it takes to be a hero. Um, and I think it's going to be great for his character. I think his character is going to develop in a sense where he's going to develop an identity outside of his idealization of All Might. And I'm very excited for that. Um, so, you know, it's going to be great. And I can't wait to see what this season has in store. Um, follow us next time for the next podcast. We're going to be looking at the next episode for this, which will be a review of Fire Force, the next episode. Um, that just recently came on. Other than that, follow me on Twitter or follow me on Instagram. My Instagram, like I said before, would be Island Vibe 5. And then my Twitter would be Island Vibe 05. And you can follow me on both of those. Submit questions, submit topics you guys want to talk about. If you guys want to talk about the episode, definitely hit me up on there. I would love to chat with you guys all day about this type of stuff because <laughs> what else am I going to do? I mean, no, seriously, guys, chat me up. But no, I have a job, so I will be responding, but like, hey, I, I do have other things to do. But no, definitely hit me up. I would love to respond to you guys. And like I said, hit me up for any topics you guys want to talk about. Other than that, thank you guys so much for listening and tune in next time. We'll see you guys later. Okay, so here's the thing. We're going to get into this episode of Fire Force. Uh, this will be season one, episode 13, The Trap is Set. That would be the title of the episode. And we're going to be getting into what's going on with this. Um, so we'd be looking at Benimaru, which would be the dude with the like black hair who's falling down his face. And he's wearing like a blue kimono type of joint. And he's in like this rural area, um, this rural village. And he has like interesting powers, like where he can control fire in like at least four or three different ways. Because um, he's like a third generation and a second generation power kinetic. Um, so he can do more than Shinra actually can. Um, I really like Fire Force for the simple fact that it definitely reminds me of Death, uh, not Death Note, but it definitely reminds me of, um, what was that anime? It reminds me of Soul Eater, and it reminds me of Blue Exorcist and the fact that they both deal with like religion as a topic. Um, and as like a way to break into anime and using it as an anime background. Um, so I don't remember if you guys know about, you know, um, Soul Eater. But in that episode, it was the whole Shinigamis, the, you know, gods of death or whatever. Versus like witches and evil and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then in this anime in Fire Force, that same symbol that is used for lowered death in Soul Eater is used in Fire Force. Uh, when you first start the credits and everything and that comes up and it's like, oh, so is maybe that's the same creator who made, uh, you know, Soul Eater who made Fire Force. I'm not too sure about that, actually. I do definitely want to look into that and see that it's actually, actually factual um, and go from there. But anyway, back to the episode. So Shinra, he's in the, you know, the Fire Force. He's in the 8th team, the 8th Fire Force, the 8th company. Um, and they're comprised of the Fire Defense Agency, the Holy Soul Temple, and the Tokyo Army. So throughout all three of those different agencies that started the Fire Force, they are spread out throughout um, Forces 1 to 8. Now, each force has its own purpose and its own way of combating human combustion and the Infernals. Now, the Infernals are, you know, those weird um, 
fire people thing that just all of a sudden turned into like walking fire and just a walking fire and walking destruction, like a fire demon, basically, um, or afrit. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but if you look that up, look up that word, you will see it, what an afrit is. Um, and it's basically like an old evil fire spirit um, from a different religion or time period. I can't honestly remember. I just know I remember that word and it has something to do with fire and a fire demon. Uh, so you can look that up. It's a word of knowledge. Just look it up and you'll find out what I'm talking about. Going forward, the uh, so there, you know, the whole point of the fire defense agency is to stop human combustion, find out the cause of human combustion, and stop the infernals. Um, so in this anime, we have the you know fire defense agency, which has shady ways, and they're kind of like doing stuff. So in my mind, um, I'm gonna just play it off the base level anime. In my mind, the fire defense agency reminds me of you know the Ambu block ops in Naruto and how they are like protecting the village, but they're protecting the village in where in you know shady ways. Uh, so that's what the fire defense agency reminds me of. Now in this anime, the evangelist, which is basically this crazy zealot religious group that is basically going around turning people into like fire demons and just making everyone trying to worship the same thing and be crazy. Basically, standard anime mess. You know, the protagonist, or antagonist, actually, sorry. Um, and basically, the evangelist equals the Akatsuki. If you watch Naruto, you know who they are. You know exactly what they stand for. That's pretty much what they are. Um, so in this episode, we're having, you know, them running around the evangelists in um, Asakuka, or whatever the fuck place this is. And they are spreading dissent. They are spreading mistrust and they are spreading just chaos. Um, so they have this weird zealot guy who can change the face of people. So he took, um, there's this twins that Benimaru's, I think they're Benimaru's sisters or something like that. And there's um, Hinata and Hikara or whatever her name is. And they took one of them. Um, they made, they have this old man who... Weirdly enough, they this evangelist dude, he took that old man um, and he changed the shape of the guy's face with fire. Yeah, he changed the shape of the guy's face with fire. doesn't make sense, but it's an anime, so it of course makes sense. So he changed the shape with fire by heating up the capillaries and lymph nodes in the face. And while those were heating up, he rearranged the guy's face to make him resemble a little girl. Now, I don't know how realistic that is or if that's even possible, but of course, it's an anime, so we're just going to leave that alone. Um, so then within, because he did that, and within the next other um, scenes, we see that that same dude has created other weird doppelgangers of other people in that town. Um, and there's just mistrust and chaos and stuff going around. Now, because of all that mistrust and chaos going around, the evangelist is able to target the town and create more infernals and try and get people on their side and blase blase. Uh, so within the next scene, Arthur, uh, the one who has blonde hair and blue eyes, he's able to see through the deceit of the evangelist and see through the clones. And he basically points out that 
you know, Hinata or whatever her name is, is not actually Hinata. It's like a clone of an old dude in a dress or whatever. Um, but of course, his other friends in the Fire Force don't see it that way. And they gang up on him and beat him up. And basically like, you're crazy. Why are you beating up a little girl? And of course, it ends up being where the fact that he was right. And then they're like, oh my God, you're right. And it's like, yeah, of course he is. Um, so Arthur has like the sixth sense about stuff. He's not very smart in the sense of like com- of book smarts or strategy, but he is smart in combat. So he's a natural fighter. He's a natural combatist. Um, so in this next scene, we're going to switch to... Uh, this episode was actually very short. It went by much faster than I anticipated. Um, it didn't have as much material as the previous episodes. So out of all the episodes, I would say this is probably like a 6, 6.5 out of 10. Um... But anyway, in the next scene, we go to Arthur and Shinra chasing after the evangelist. And we reach into the part where um, Arthur and Shinra are encountering the evangelist. They're encountering the archer from the episode before um, who shot the um, fire bows when he was saving um, Hinami or the girl. He was saving somebody. So basically, we encounter the archer and then we encounter the sword dude. And in this scene, we're trying to see Arthur and Shinra uh, basically team up and basically trying to find their grounding and find their um, synergy in teamwork, but that's not happening. And they're basically arguing or stepping on each other's toes. And it's, it's just very messy. And it's like the, you know, that simple anime trope where they have to figure out how to work together. So basically they figure out, oh, you go in front, I go in back, blah, blah, blah. And they're getting the upper hand on the evangelist. And the problem comes where, of course, it's the evangelist, and I'm not going to try and lose by any means necessary. So the archer is about to shoot again, but, like, Shinra blocks it. And Arthur gets in close to the other sword dude and is about to smack his neck or whatever. And then the sword dude takes one of the bugs now i don't know if you guys have known this or i've watched the episode so the bugs are a key to turning people into infernals now in the previous episode the one of the crazy dudes from like the first was going to turn these kids into infernals with that same bug now this dude now the bug is supposed to bite you when you turn into an infernal so for some reason this dude didn't let the bug bite him he in fact ingested the bug now i do not know what that means or if it means that the dude will turn into an infernal or turn into an advanced type of infernal to where he'll be able to somewhat control his actions in an infernal state that that right there would be very interesting because that would mean that there are different levels of infernals now if we get into that it would be very interesting that would be very great for the anime because we can really see that there's levels to this mess okay um, and if that's the facts, and if that's what's going on, then this anime is about to get very, very interesting. It's already about to get interesting, and just offside the fact that Shinra's brother is with the Evangelist and not actually dead, like we assumed this whole time. So we're about to really get into some stuff with Fire Force. I'm very excited to see where this goes. Um, and just to recap, at the very end of the episode, that's what happened with the whole 
um, Evangelist dude eating the bug, and then it cut off from there. So we had to wait until the next episode coming up this week to see what happens. And I'm very excited to see what goes on, and we're going to go from there. Other than that, we'll be tuning in for the next episode, you guys. Um, we'll be next episode. We'll be talking about Black Clover, um, and the most recent episode with that happened. And like I said, give us a uh, you know send me a message, send us the email yuki13ry at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on Instagram or um, Twitter. My Instagram will be islandvibe five, i s l a n d v i b e five, and then my Twitter would be Island Vibe 5, same thing, but instead of 5, do Island Vibe 05, and that would be for my Twitter. Like I said, send me suggestions, send me topics you guys want us to talk about, and anything like that. We can get this discussion popping. I very much appreciate that. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will look forward to hearing from you guys next time and you know chatting with you guys. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Hi, guys. So here's the thing. Let's get into this episode of Black Clover. This would be Path to Revenge, Path to Atonement, the most recent episode of Black Clover that we're seeing. Um, so in the recap, just to recap, in the last episode, um, Asta, Vanessa, and Magnum were fighting Luck, who had been reincarnated as an elf. Um, and then that would happen in the last episode. They were fighting him in this one little um, town, and he was whooping their ass, to be honest. He was really messing them up. Well, he was mostly messing up Vanessa and Magna, and then at the last minute, um, Asta had came in to save them, of course, because it's Asta and he's the main character. He has to have that Naruto trait of swooping in in the last minute to save the day. Now, you know, that's a standard anime trope that they love to put in there. Um, so going forward into this episode, we see Asta, Vanessa, and Magna. That they, fan- they fought Luck and then they got with Luck. He's, um, you know, broke the spell of reincarnation. Uh, thanks to Asta's sword, and I guess Asta's sword can just break any spell, no matter how powerful it is. I think that would be very interesting to go forward to see how that would be looking like, or what that would look like in the anime. So, in this part, we reunited with Charmy and the others. So, we remember Charmy and Gordon and Grey. Um, I don't know where Gosh went to. Um, I think he reincarnated as an elf, I guess, and went off to another to the eye of the midnight sun so that's going to be very interesting to see what type of power or how his power is amplified um so with this they went to with charmy and charmy rejuvenated them with her food that she made um from i mean not from the garden she was actually (laughs) she was so upset about her garden like oh my god i mean i get it though like that's food i'd be mad too charmy i'd be mad too like, that's my food. Like, that's expensive. Like, that's food. I'd be mad about my food, too. So I get it. But anyways, she um, rejuvenated with them with the food. It was like healing magic, but with food. It makes sense because the food gives you energy and whatever. So, I mean, I guess that makes sense. The fact that it was healing and replenished their mana and their magic powers. Um, for Asta, it didn't really do anything. His mana stayed at zero because he doesn't have any powers, of course. But he, you know, felt better and he got a full meal and then he got a full belly. So he, you know, he got energized in a sense. So that's nice. And then after that, they ran into, um, they ran into Henry. So they're at the base, back at the base. And the base was demolished or pretty much um, by, you know, the Eye of the Midnight Sun from before. Um, And right before that scene, we cut to the part where... We go to Lich, 
or not lich, but paltry, or that's, yeah, paltry. So former lich, or who we thought was lich, but we get to paltry, um, and we get to paltry, and we've learned that him and William, William um, Vengeance, um, who will be the, the captain of the Golden Deer, him and paltry share one body, they share one soul, or not one soul, they share a body between two souls, to be correct. And we go into the recap, and we finally see how that um, relationship has progressed over time. We see that from he was a little child, he knew when he was like about you know seven or eight, um, prepubescent, that he had a second soul within him. Um, that was very interesting to see that go on. Um, we actually see that they were friends, so it wasn't like they didn't know about each other's existence, and that they you know hated each other or anything like that. They were actually friends, though. Um, you know, Paltry said, you know, called him the one and only human that he would ever trust. Um, but it makes sense. They literally were sharing the same body. So, like, why would you hate the person that you're sharing the same body with? So, of course, they had to be friends. But anyway, um, so, you know, because he was so alone in his childhood, we're talking about vengeance at this point, um, he made a friend with Paltry, um, the elf. And when he's turned, you know, 15 or... So he started to get, he got his grimoire, and then when he turned 16, he got a, um, he started to get dreams and glimpses of Paltry's life, you know, with, as an elf and everything. And around that same time, he met King Julius, who wasn't King Julius at the time, he was just a magic knight um, on the Golden Dawn. And at that time, he met King Julius, and King Julius was like, hey, come be, you know, a, you know, magic knight with me. And he was very thankful for that and very grateful to King Julius. And it was very meaningful to him because it was the first time someone had acknowledged him as a person and not just treated him like trash or treated him like a peasant or anything like that. So that was very touching. That was very cute. I was like, oh, look at them trying to like pull out our heartstrings and everything, you guys. So that was cute. Um, so then we get to the next part where they fast forward a little bit and they're basically talking about the battle the, like the internal conflict between paltry and you know vengeance of trying to decide what they're going to do um basically it ended up being that uh vengeance couldn't decide between honoring uh what paltry wanted which was revenge against all humans and wanting them to die versus uh vengeance having to hurt the one person that he loved dearly which was you know king julius because he was the one person who ever saw him so he couldn't actually decide, and he said himself that he was a coward, um, and he let Vangin, he let Paltry and Lord Julius decide for them. And within the fight, we know that you know Lord Julius died. Uh, of course, like it was so annoying the fact that he died. Like his powers were amazing, you guys. Like he had freaking time magic. How did he go off time magic? Like what? Anyway. So King Julius died, and then Lich, you know, or Paltry. I keep saying Lich because that's how we get introduced to him. My bad, guys. So sorry about that. But Paltry, um, so, we, you know, he won. And then we cut to the scene where he kind of, like, Paltry kind of, like, woke up, and he said bye to Vengeance for the last time. Basically saying, oh, bye, William. It was, you know, great, you know, being your friend, one only human at trust. And he put his, like, grimoire at the... Um, at the very bottom of the stone of the eye of midnight sun where you know they use the spell to reincarnate all the elves and everything 
So then after that point, um, Paltry headed off to the capital to go kill the rest of the humans and to kill, you know, destroy the Quelk Kingdom. So at this point, we reach the point where um, Valdez or Valdez, whatever his name is, the weird dude, him and Sally um, and the other one, I can't remember his name. He was insignificant to me, so I just really didn't remember his name. So they he got reincarnated because of his anger. And they're like, oh my God, Lich, or how could you use us and how could you throw us away? Blah, 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 blah. And it's kind of funny because that's literally what happened to the elves. They were used by the humans and thrown away and killed. And then so, you know, Lich did the same thing, or Paltry. But in their mind, Lich. So, you know, they did the same thing and threw them away like trash. So now he wants revenge and blah, blah, blah. So then he races off to go kill, you know, Lich and get revenge. But in the meantime, back to the Black Bulls where Asta and Charmy and Vanessa and Magna meet up with Henry and Gordon and Gray um, to, you know, go towards the capital to save the rest of their friends. And they run into this village where they're being attacked by three insignificant-ass elves. And they're so insignificant, okay? They're so insignificant that we don't even get to learn their names. Did you notice that? Did you, did you guys see that? We didn't even learn their names. They were that insignificant. It was hilarious. And I already knew they were insignificant the way that that story was handling them. Because... <laughs> Oh, it was ridiculous. Like, so we get there and he put up this big old mud wall, which was basically a jutsu they had used in freaking Naruto. But we're gonna, whatever. Great mud wall, whatever. So anyway, the Black Bulls used their house to bulldoze through the, the one mall, wood, mud, mud wall. And then it goes from there to the point where they get there, they're starting to save people, and then someone's like, oh my god, is that a black bull? And you could see, like, clearly that was a black bull for, by her robe, and this was Grey who saved them with her um, magic form, changing magic. Um, so basically changing the form of magic from, I mean, like, water to ice, sand to rock, or rock to sand, and she saves somebody. And then you can see that clearly within this fight that the recognition of the Black Bulls is going up. So we're going to see that later on that I guess in the reformation of the uh, Magic Knights, the Black Bulls are actually going to get recognition and not be regarded as the worst house anymore. That would be nice to see going forward. And we also see that, you know, they were powering up. They were, you know, fighting these insignificant ass elves. And the elves did a combo magic move to like fight the Black Bulls. But then, right when they shot their attack, they were like, Asta Cannon! And then they shot Asta from the house with his swords. And it was so funny, because they didn't even get to finish saying their move before the Black Bulls shot Asta at them with the freaking swords. And then Asta cut through the spell, knocked all three of them out, and then was like, the Black Bulls are invincible! We're all amazing! We're invincible! Ha 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 ha! And it was just like, what? And then... That's how insignificant they were. They just were fell on the floor and then that was it. And then they cut to the next scene where the Valdez and Sally and the I of the Midnight Sun people who were working for um, Paltry or Lich at the time basically came up to them 
And we're like, hey, so we hate them now too. And we basically need your help trying to kill them. And Austin was like, but we're helping, we're, we're trying to kill them for, you know, protecting our friends. You're trying to get them for revenge. We're not on that. And basically Austin like choked him out and did all this mess and basically full of sh- shenanigans. Uh, he did like, you know, a backbreaker on him and then he like pulled his legs behind his back and everything. It was just a mess. And then Charmy like tortured them with food and then Austin promised Sally to experiment on his body for any reason as long as they helped him. So basically they got what they wanted and they ended and then we ended that episode and we're going to see them, you know, going forward trying to get to the Capitol and stop the Eye of the Midnight Sun. So that was this basically this episode of Black Clover. It wasn't too bad. It was just like more of a filler episode for me. Um, it's it really was like a, maybe a six point five out of out of ten. I want I'm gonna rate it the same way I rated the last episode of Fire Force. This week's episodes were very blase blah for me. They weren't too informative. They weren't too you know action pack or anything like that. They weren't you know horrible. They're like luster. They were just they were just there. Like I said, filler episodes. So, you know, I thank you guys so much for listening. Like I said, shoot me an email, yuki13 on y at gmail.com, or you can, you know, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. This would be islandvibe5 or islandvibe05 on Twitter, islandvibe5 for Instagram. And like I said, just send me some uh, messages, send me some topics you guys want to talk about, and we can go from there. I thank you so much, you guys, for listening, and we're going to tune in next time. Uh, the next segment would be, this would be, so I've covered, you know, the intro, covered some anime. We're going to be talking about some life advice or probably current events. I'm not too sure yet. We're going to switch it up and see. But, you know, tune in next time. It could be either or. More than likely, it's going to be current events because there are two different topics that I wanted to talk about. So I actually just decided right now. So, yeah, this will be current events. We're going to be talking about next. Uh, tune in. We're going to be talking about race um, in America. We're going to be talking about race and um and then we're going to also be talking about sexuality because recently occurring up this week, some things happened that I want to talk about. So thank you guys so much and tune in next time. We'll be getting this discussion popping. Like I said, subscribe to me on um, you know Twitter and Instagram and send me some messages and we'll get this discussion popping. I thank you guys so much. Have a good one.